internet, and welcome to another episode of Geek Fanthology. I am your host, Neil Cordray, and I am joined this week by no one except my computer desk. And that is because, um, due to some scheduling issues and other things along those lines, we couldn't get together. Now, I know normally, um, in situations like this, we do a top ten. Because it's easy to produce top ten content by yourself. But I thought I might take this opportunity to uh, plug a couple of uh, services that are coming up here soon. Um, first of all, this episode um, and, and all subsequent episodes of the podcast are going to be going up on our YouTube page. Um, if you are, you know, someone who really likes to get their podcasts on YouTube or know someone who really likes to get their podcasts on YouTube... We are now going, we are once again going, putting everything back up on YouTube. Um, we are at youtube.com slash working theory productions. Uh, this is also where I'm, we are going to host uh, the uh, going forward huh, live, everybody. Um, something that I did a lot um, in earlier years, and I'm trying to get back in the habit of, is reacting to a movie right after having seen it uh, in the theater uh, in a video format. And I'm going to be putting those all on our YouTube page now going forward. And I'm going to be going to see a lot more movies because uh, Alamo has a, a service called Season Pass, and uh, it's like Movie Pass, except it's only good for Alamo Drafthouse. Still not sponsored by Alamo Drafthouse, and this is disappointing to me. But I still love the theaters and uh, go there all the time. I'm also thinking maybe about starting up some text reviews on the website under the uh, under a, under the link that'll say movie blog, which doesn't actually exist yet. But uh, I'm thinking of starting just a small uh, just a small like text review page on uh, our website as well, which is www.workingtheoryproductions.com. Um, so instead of a top ten like one would normally do when I am by myself, instead. I am going to offer you a brief, and by brief I mean 10 to 15-ish minute review of uh, four different movies that I have seen in the last two weeks. Um, <clears throat> because I just got Alamo Season Pass and went a little bit crazy on it for my birthday. By the way, I leveled up this, la this last weekend, which is why the episode is a little bit late. But um, today we are going to be talking about The Color Out of Space... Knives Out, Bird of Birds of Prey, and the Emancipation or whatever the heck of Harley Quinn, and The Gentleman, uh, because these are the four movies that I've seen in the last two weeks. And we're gonna start with The Color Out of Space, which I I was I know I I was super hyped for. I talked about a lot, um, and I finally got to go see it two weeks ago, and. It was freaking fantastic. Um, Nicolas Cage is almost like, it was kind of perfect casting because um, there's going to be spoilers throughout this. I'm, I'm going to keep the spoilers light. I'm not going to give away anything that's very, that's like super plot, uh, like, like that gives away anything like that's big and plot related, but. Um, but so very light uh, spoilers, I suppose. Um, but 
only kind of, but mostly just for uh, for Color Out of Space. It's based off of a short story by H.P. Lovecraft. So here's the small spoiler. Our main character, in fact, all of the main characters in this movie go crazy, are driven out of their right mind by the madness that is occurring in the location. Um, and uh, Nick Cage does a really good job of just slowly de- descending into gibbering madness. And, um, and it is a somewhat slow descent, which is, uh, which is good, but it's still, I mean, it, there it is. Um, it is an, it is an almost 100% faithful, um, retelling of the, uh, story just updated to modern time. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, there's a, there's a lot of stuff in there that is thrown in specifically for people who like Lovecraft, like the, like, like the, the audience, sur- the audience surrogate character, um, wears, uh, frequently wears, uh, Miskatonic University t-shirts, which is pretty great if you know, if you know Miskatonic U, home of, uh, Herbert West, the reanimator, Prof- uh, Professor Armitage, and other, uh, uh, other such characters from the Lovecraftian, uh, universe, um, it's just really, really well done. Apparently, the color out of space is primarily fuchsia, um, or a combination of red and or blue, um, which uh, I felt was maybe a little bit, uh, was perhaps a little bit, maybe, un- un- uh, I can't make words come out of my mouth suddenly. Like, why is purple always got to be the color that, that that's weird and 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 what the hell? Um, also, I think it's kind of funny because like red and blue being shown into a light simultaneously is uh, sometimes used in uh, LGBT film to sort of indicate bisexuality or something that that is that is uh, that is otherwise uh, that is otherwise queer. And uh, the fact that it is also this hor- that in this uh, the fact that it is that it is uh, used so heavily blue and blue, blue and red from alternate sides of the screen um, as this otherworldly horrible thing that is driving everybody insane. Um, I don't think it was intentional, but it is but it is very humorously kind of backing up how kind of horrible person H.P. Lovecraft was. And if you're not aware, Lovecraft was a racist and a bigot and, and I'm sure he probably hated the gays too. I mean, like, it's just like he, he, he really didn't like otherness. Um, which is why he wrote so much good supernatural horror because he's like, yeah, this is terrible. Um, about a lot of things and was able to capture that in sort of, it, like, and I'm not trying to in, to endorse such a uh, such a view, but I think that his existential terror over things along the lines of of uh, race and and the like allowed him to write existential terror that was 
slight, honestly, slight, very thinly veiled racial critique. But if you, but you can still read it without that and still enjoy the uh, the content, if that makes sense. <coughs> um, yet another group of things that Neil that Neil has said that if taken out of context, sound kind of racist. But whatever. Can't I can't I can't help it if I'm not making myself clear. Trying. It was really good. Um, just, mm, um, unfortunately, I saw it like the last day it was running uh, in primary run. So at this point, you'll probably have to see it in in like secondary run. But uh, if you can. If you get a chance, it's definitely worth seeing because it's one of the better, like, just Descent into Madness films I've seen in a long time. Okay, that was only like five minutes, so these, this is probably still going to be a short episode, but whatever. Knives Out, which was by, let's see here... Knives Out, a Ryan Johnson film. Uh, it is a murder mystery. Um, so I'm definitely not going to spoiler to spoil who done it. Um, but it was really good. Like it, it had a lot of really great twists and turns that I was not expecting. There's a little bit of the sur- of of subversion of the. Uh, of the um, the concept, which I won't get into because it, it because it would spoil spoil the movie, but like it, it's it's a murder mystery. Yet it also subverts murder, murder mystery. Yet is also uh, yet is also successfully a murder mystery. Figure that out. Um, the casting is freaking excellent. Um, Daniel Craig as. Uh, as Benoit Blanc um, was just great. Um, Chris Evans as Ransom Drysdale, like it's got a star-studded class. It was fantastic. Um, I highly, highly recommend uh, checking it out because it's just—it was a lot of fun. And apparently, I've been told I sound when I do a Southern accent, I sound like Daniel Craig doing a Southern accent, which. You know what? I'll I'll take it. The trailer didn't like the trailer made it look like it was going to be more like an like clue with bodies dropping left and right. So the trailer was misleading. Um, it's much more of a straight up murder mystery. So, but seriously, check it out. It was it, it is fantastic. Um. Saving the gentleman for last because I have the most I can say about that. Birds of Prey, or what is it? Birds of Prey. <laughs> the title in, to- in full is Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn was a perfectly all right movie um it wasn't bad it wasn't great i'm starting to experience superhero fatigue 
Um, but it was it was fine. Uh, Margot Robbie did, still did a great job as Harley Quinn. Um, she also produced the movie um, and hired uh, as many female like working people uh, in the in the industry as possible. So it's so it's also pretty cool in 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 as much as it's it's a very women woman driven um, movie, which is good. A woman-driven action movie, and it's not. It doesn't skimp on the action. It is good, and like just. It, it also it's it's. It's it's set in the DCEU as much as the DCEU exists. Um, so it's in. It is in uh, canon with Suicide Squad and. Justice League and other such. Um, it's set after Suicide Squad, as a matter of fact, and um, it. I, I honestly, it's 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 entirely decent. I have a I have, I have a couple things that made me a little bit disappointed about it. Um, they uh, they cast someone as Renee Montoya. Um, but they didn't get her going all question on people. Um, which disappointed me. I would have loved to see her get that, get like a faceless mask going and, 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 uh, you know, assume the, uh, the, assume the, the, the mantle of the question. But... At the same time, it would, uh, you know, it was, it was just, it was fine. <coughs> it wasn't a great movie. It wasn't a bad movie. I wouldn't say it was Iron Fist good. It was, it was better than Iron Fist good. Um, the action was enjoyable. The, it was somewhat formulaic but that that's my complaint with superhero movies it was somewhat formulaic um but it was good um if you want a good mindless action movie uh that's rated pretty hard r because there's pretty nasty violence and and they swear of uh swear in a number of cusses um then this is your movie. I mean, you, you will enjoy the movie. I my, so as for for purposes of perspective, I would not turn down the opportunity to see this movie again. I don't think I would probably be like. I don't think I pro- I'll probably seek out to go just watch it again. Probably, but like if somebody says, "Hey, Neil, you want to go see Birds of Prey?" And I might like I I might very well be down to pay to go see Birds of Prey again with um, someone else. Uh, so you know, there's that. And now I'm going to talk about the movie that I that I have the most this to say about and. Honestly, of the four that I saw, I enjoyed the second most after *The Color Out of Space*. 
And Color Out of Space was just designed <clears throat> to, for me to really like it. But uh, The Gentleman. The Gentleman is a film by Guy Ritchie. Um, and um, it's a good movie. Um, Guy Ritchie has made this movie about four times now, to my, to, by my count. Um, so he's getting a lot of good practice at it. Um, <laughs> let me explain what I mean by that. Guy Ritchie has made a number of other films um, that are of a similar flavor to this sort of thing. Um, he made Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels, Snatch, uh, and a movie that I'm pretty sure is uh, among the same uh, same vain, even though I've not actually seen it, um, but, like, everything I've been able to work out from it makes it look like it's probably pretty much the same movie, uh, which is a movie called, uh, Rock and Rolla, and he also ma has now made The Gentleman. Here is the, the aesthetic, because all four of these movies have the exact, have practically the same aesthetic. Which is, you're in England, and there are criminals, and the criminals are all fighting over something, and they're pretty inept at it. Um, and essentially, the characters come into conflict with one another over and over and over again, until someone comes out on top. <coughs> Usually the person that we are, that you are kind of hoping comes out on top. Um, they're all the same movie. Just with, like, it's variations on a theme. Um, and that's great. Um, and here's the thing, if you like Guy Ritchie's movie, you will like The Gentleman. He's made, he's made this movie four times now, and he is very, very good at it. Um, it's just... Um, it's just, you know, at the same time... He's made this movie so many times. <laughs> um, the characters are not uh, are the, the main difference here is that the characters um, are less um, are. The characters are less inept in this uh, in this movie than they have been in, in previous iterations of the movie, which you know that that's good. I and mean, it, it's it's interesting seeing people be good at being criminal and still have failings as a criminal. Like 
they're just trying to, to, to get someone to come home and they accidentally kick someone off a roof and uh, off a balcony and kill them. Minor spoiler, but I'm not saying who and it happens like 20 minutes into the movie or something along those. It's like, it's not a, it's not a huge plot point, but like, it's like, it, it, it's, it's funny because it's like, ah oh man, seriously? <laughs> Uh, it's another absolutely ridiculously star-studded cast. It's got Matthew McConaughey, um, other names, Colin Farrell, Hugh Grant, um, other names. Like it, it got a bunch of. It's got a. It's got a huge bunch of names of people. Um, it's got a huge bunch of, of names for people that are uh, like for English films, uh, because everyone except McConaughey is British. Well, that's not true. Uh, the guy who played um, Matt, uh, who played Matthew, isn't Jeremy Strong. Um, but like, it, they're like, uh, it's it's a it it is it was a lot of fun. Uh, another another movie that is very hard R. Um, so uh, take that. I mean, it's weird. I've seen four R rated five. Uh, yeah, I've seen four R rated movies in the last in the last two weeks, which is you don't see too many R rated movies, and then suddenly, boom, they're all, all like everything out. It's kind of interesting in that regard. But. <laughs> It's really interesting seeing uh, seeing McConaughey, Matthew McConaughey, play a sort of soft-spoken. Um, he he he's an American, but he's but he's got himself in among uh, England's upper crust, and is decidedly a, a he is one of the gentlemen of question. It's a really good movie. Um, all all the movies I saw, I, I can very much recommend uh, going out and seeing. Um, so please do. If you like this sort of content, I'm going to be producing five to ten-ish minute uh, videos um, on our YouTube channel going forward from for most movies I go and see, uh, which includes coming up seeing Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, once again, very, very, very minor to no spoiler reviews. Um, check it out on our on our uh, YouTube channel, www.youtube.com/slash/workingtheoryproductions. Um, if you would please subscribe to the channel, even if you don't like, even if you don't plan on watching anything we put on YouTube, just because it will help us sort of grow the brand. Like the reason, like so, so a little bit of a little bit of background. One of the reasons we, like, in, in the final bit that not everyone listens to, so I'm going to say it here, we ask everyone to please comment on our website, leave a like on the website, like us on Facebook, rate us on on, uh, on iTunes, follow us on Spotify, etc., 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 etc. The reason we ask people to do that, and the reason YouTube people are always like, oh, and don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, smash that bell icon, all that, all that nonsense, is because if people do that, 
it helps to make the your, your content more discoverable. Um, like it is, it is the single biggest thing anyone listening to this podcast can do to help us more with the podcast. Yes, we ask for money. We have a Patreon, and we and we would love it if you donate. But but a lot of people can't afford to. And I'm and I'm not holding that against them. Uh, we want we like to produce this content, but if you can help it get to more ears, then we can get it to more people who can poten- who potentially can donate on Patreon, or we could potentially get um, you know like sponsorships, brand deals. Uh, and if that ever happens, by the way, if there is sponsorship of of, of this uh, YouTube channel, uh, it will be of some. It will be of of, of uh, we, we will take on sponsors that not only will can I am I okay with taking money from, but whose product I am willing to endorse. No raid Shadow Legends uh, promotions for me. Um, I played the game; it sucks. Uh, so, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I know this has been a little bit weirder episode. All the episodes where I'm by myself always are because I don't have anyone to play against. Uh, I want to thank everyone who listened to the episode, and we will come back uh, next time with a discussion of recent Star Wars material, uh, specifically uh, The Mandalorian, as well as Episode 9. I'm going to try and squeeze those both into one episode, so hope you tune in. Um, I have been Neil, this has been Geek Fanthology, and we will talk to you again next time. This podcast is a production of Working Theory Productions. It was brought to you by the letter T and the number 93. Opening theme is Ultra Mega Hyperstorm, and ending theme is March of the Mind, both by Kevin McLeod. If you enjoyed this podcast or know someone who would, please consider sharing it on your social media, sending us an email, or leaving us a comment. If you're listening on iTunes, please rate us. If you're listening on Spotify, please follow us. If you're listening on YouTube, please like, comment, subscribe hit the bell icon, etc., etc. Literally anything you can do to help the algorithm make us more visible is appreciated. If you really enjoyed this podcast, please consider making a donation to help support us, either a one-time donation on our website via Stripe or a reoccurring one at Patreon at patreon.com. Final thought. Seriously, Alamo, email me.